0: Welcome to the Fiddleman & Company Podcast, where we sit down with startup founders, entrepreneurs, and trailblazers, not only to learn the ins and outs of their founding journeys, but also to understand what it takes to successfully scale a company. I'm your host, Jeffrey Fiddleman, and without further ado, let's jump right into the show. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't we start out with the name of your company and what you guys
1: do? Sure. Thanks, Jeff. Our company is called InstaLend. We are a private lender for real estate investments. We fund your fix and flips, your rentals, your construction projects from one to four units, as well as the five plus uh, multifamily projects nationwide. And if you're looking for quick funding, InstaLend is here to help.
0: So tell me a little bit or tell us a little bit about how you got started in business. What was, what was the aha moment?
1: Sure. So the founding team at Insland includes myself and Sohin. We're also brothers, mm-hmm. along with being business associates. And we started off on the journey by investing in real estate, where we started fixing up and flipping houses. And uh, during our time, we realized there was a big gap which needed to be addressed more on the financing side of the business. And, coming from a background of financial engineering and having worked on wall street, we saw we saw a need for institutional capital to enter the space and bridge those gaps. That's when we launched Installend, and today we are nationwide lending across multiple projects.
0: Wow, that's great. And I want to take a step back, though. How is it being in business with your brother? Is there arguments? Are you guys agreeing all the time? Someone famously once told me that if you have a partner that agrees with you all the time, what's the point?
1: We are, we're at loggerheads all the time. We we do have agreements and disagreements, but if you agree all the time, then I guess one of us is not thinking. So yeah, I mean, it's great to be in business with my brother, also because also no a personal level, and there is implicit trust and, you know, we, we kind of have trust in each other's judgments but at the same time we can also rely and work together in a more complemented strategy oriented fashion where we can work together with each of our strands.
0: yeah i can imagine so so tell me a little bit maybe tell us a little bit about what was the biggest learning as a founder whether it was when you were coming up with the idea putting proof of concept together breaking it probably a few times over before rebuilding it what advice can you give some of the listeners that are out there that are trying to build a business or are building a business?
1: I think our biggest learning was that once you're starting out, it's it's you don't have to wait till you have a final product. You rather fail forward and learn with each iteration. But it's important to get started. So you may have a prototype. You can launch to market, and you know you can incorporate customer feedback to eventually arrive at a final product. That a product that that you know, is a product market fit. So I think that for us was a good learning to know that everything didn't have to be perfected on day one, but we could go along these perfections by incorporating customer feedback to eventually land at a final product that was a working prototype.
0: So it's interesting how you speak about product market fit. I've worked with companies that have no revenue, obviously still looking for product market fit, and some that were several hundred of thousands of dollars in revenue, if not more, but also still trying to find product market fit. From a founder's perspective, launching the business, running the business, at what point do you feel that you found a product market fit or you can confirm that that, that product market fit is there?
1: Once you start having repeat customers, I think that's 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 a good indication to know that you know there's something working right for you and there is product market fit. So I think from our perspective, a bulk of our business is through our repeat clients. That definitely makes us feel good that you know we've we've sort of established product market fit. Given we are we are a lender but we are also technology first, we're constantly innovating with new products. So we're continuing to find product market fit with new products that we release but most of these products are are sort of you know designed and launched basis the feedback we receive from our existing customers so just to give an example today we we started off funding fix and flip loans which are 12 months short loans where we finance your acquisitions and rehabs but most investors you know as market dynamics change also improvise on their strategy. So someone may decide not to sell a property after fixing it up, but to hold on to it as a rental. So that means the investor is now looking for a long-term patient capital, something like a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. So that allowed us to then launch a 30-year product, which is what a bulk of a business has been through COVID, you know, given the low interest rate regime that we were in. So that's what I mean. You know, When you know your customers are coming back, they're constantly giving you feedback, it helps you launch new products, but at the same time, launch products which also meet your product market fit.
0: Oh, that's cool. So, so you started out with fix and flip short-term loans, and mm-hmm. ultimately a lot of those people that were doing the fixing weren't necessarily flipping. So you came in almost based on demand and created a new product that what I heard was majority of business was last year. So let's talk about that for a minute, given how deep of an impact COVID has had on the housing market. How how has that impacted your business? Has it has it been a windfall? More people moving out to suburbs, trying to do fix and flips and then and then refinancing into a perm?
1: Yeah, we've we've seen an influx of deal flow. You know, volume have gone, volume has gone off the charts, both for fix and flips as well as rentals. We do also fund multifamily and mixed use properties. So it's it's been a good time to finance those cash flow producing stabilized multifamily properties. Yeah, it's, it's been a busy, good two years. And we hope to see the momentum continue in the years to come by. And,
0: and staying with that for just one more question, is there any location? Is there any type of property? Is there anything that stands out to you as just the majority?
1: We're we, we based on New York City. So we, we started lending in our backyard, which was a tri-state area. But over the years we've grown to be a nationwide lender you know we we've had a strong book in on the east corridor we've also built a book in the midwest and now we're looking to also launch and have a more strong presence on the west coast but i would say amongst all these markets each real estate is a very local play so Mm -hmm. it depends which micro market you're in and you know what really works well in that because some of them are great neighborhoods for a flip some great neighborhoods just for a a rental hold some could be really you know they could just fit the bill for a vacation rental so we offer all these different kind of products we have a very different color of capital you know that fits the bill across all all asset types so yeah at this point we we'd like to continue to you know just be a nationwide lender and lend across every micro market so
0: so taking a step over to the capital side of things, you probably found yourself in a pretty unique position where a you're a marketplace for capital but b you're actually going out to raise capital as well. So let's talk about let's talk about your capital raise a bit. What was the biggest lesson you can you can recall from that first round of capital you're raising, your seed or pre-seed?
1: I think when, when you're an innovator, it's it's very difficult to explain a vision unless you have something like a working prototype. It's very difficult to go beyond a spreadsheet and a presentation or you know something which is just on paper, rather than having a a sort of you know having done one deals or two deals to know what you're really trying to express to your audience. What worked for us was because we had already flipped houses before. We had a little more evidence to, you know, what we were theoretically proposing to our investors to buy into. You know, we, we were able to carve out of our our previous deal experience, bring on a team. You know, when I say a team, it also means when you're flipping houses, you need to work with a licensed GC. You need to work with a realtor. You need to work with a broker. You have to have a title company to get your deals closed. So I think having those stakeholders also chime in was something that really helped us get that first dollar in the bank
0: and on the flip side what about what did you do wrong what if you can go back to and say i wish i never did that or i wish i never said that or shown that what do you wish you would have done differently
1: i think just been a little more aggressive you know having more faith in what we were doing of course hindsight is twenty twenty, and when you're when you're taking in dollars from investors you want to be a little more cautious as an added sense of uh, responsibility and duty of care but now that we have conviction, you know, we've done a pretty good job at what we started out. I feel like going back in the day, if had we been a little more aggressive, it would have been a different story to tell back then. Of
0: course. And, and let's go with that. So, so had you been aggressive or, or now that you are aggressive and will continue to be so, what's next? What does the next, and I hate asking five-year timeline, but what does the next two or three years look like for InstaLend?
1: we are very excited about what's what's happening in the marketplace at least from a short term perspective we want to definitely focus on what we're already doing which is fix and flips and rentals but we also want to start actively investing in ground up construction deals and i say that because you know fundamentally the housing market has a mismatch in demand and supply you look at the maximum housing inventory that came out was during 2004 and 2000 up to 2008 and it's that same sliver of housing inventory, which is trading, exchanging hands. So at this point, we do, we do see a real demand for housing supply to go up. And we wanna be, you know, we wanna call the market, we wanna be ahead of time and start looking at deals which are ground up and you know be ready for those, right? From an underwriting perspective to seeing the deal through to closing.
0: I read a statistic the other day that one in seven single family homes are owned by an institution. How does that affect your business?
1: Well, that only helps our business because it tells you that the industry is quite mature. You know, there is a real yield that institutional investors are also chasing and it's a bankable asset class. So it no longer is, you know, people use this term pretty loosely. You know, it's it's hard money lending or it's just a private pool of capital. Who are, sh- who are these sharks looking to make like a high interest rate from a very quick deal. But, uh, you know, the, the industry is changing its stripes. We've seen institutional capital participate, which has brought in best practices, but also at the same time normalized the economics from a return perspective. So for us, it's it's worked well. We do have institutional capital partners on our deals. So I would say having the asset class only mature means, you know, there's ample of room for, more capital to enter, and eventually, most investors are looking to securitize. So it becomes it becomes a tradable product, even for Wall Street.
0: So is that something that other platforms can't do? Talk to me about competitive advantages. Talk to me about why why and why institutions come to you, and then ultimately, even on their back end, can securitize. Do they see you just as another origination point? whether it's institutions or private individuals that are lending through the marketplace or is there something more beyond that
1: I think outside of origination a bulk of the work is on servicing your client it means you know when you're working with your borrowers making sure they get their first draw in time or if you're working with a third party servicer making sure you know things go about right through the life cycle of a deal and the ability to continue to work through a portfolio for an investor, which is when you know touched upon how most of our business comes through repeat clients. It gives you a solid footing. It gives you a pipeline of business, and it also gives you a good visibility into your your clients. Portfolio with you know the, the different asset classes. So I think the ability to scale is what has set us apart. You know, starting out as a single-family one to four fix and flip lender to now doing more deals across asset classes and different products nationwide is I think what has you know really set us apart. And uh, along with that, our delinquency rates are less than one percent, which which is a good sign to tell because it also means that you're working with credit-worthy borrowers. So I believe that that, in a nutshell, would be something I would assume is what's setting us apart. Great.
0: And is there for people to find loans, how would they come to you? What's the origin what's the diligence process? If I wanted to identify a home and and put it on your platform as a fix and flip? what would be the process to do that?
1: So it's a very it's a very streamlined process. We fund only for investment purpose properties which means they have to be non owner occupied in terms of the process when you identify a property that you want to flip you know initially we take in the loan through an application we'll review your purchase contract and your rehab budget we then order an appraisal which usually takes about 7 to 10 days to come back and once we have the appraisal back we 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 review that to make sure that the property values add up to what you know you're expecting there's enough profit in the deal for you and we get to closing Outside of this, since these are uh, since these loans are investment purpose only, the loans actually go out to your business entity, which could be an LLC or a corporation. So yeah, we just want to make sure that your business entity is in good standing. And yeah, that's overall the timeline to close the deal for us from start to finish is at best three weeks.
0: Three weeks. And what does the pricing look like?
1: Pricing is a factor of experience and credit. So for... For borrowers who are you know, north of 700 in credit scores, have done at least five deals in the last three years, we tend to price them between 7 to 8.5%. And this is this is an interest-only loan, which is also short-term, which is 12 months only. There are no prepayment penalties, so you can always pay the loan back if you're doing a cosmetic rehab and you're only carrying the interest for the time you're working through the flip. So that typically is the ballpark in rates, On on the rentals, uh, which is your 30 year DSCR loan, the rates tend to be in the range of four to five and a quarter percent for a fixed rate mortgage.
0: Thanks. I'll say again that anybody who's looking for something like that, it's instalend.com. Rob, correct me if I'm wrong. But it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for your insights. And uh, we cannot wait to share them with our Fiddleman and Company podcast
1: audience. Thank you so much. It was good talking to you, Jeff. Thank you for
0: listening to the Fiddleman & Company podcast. If you're interested in how we can help take your business to the next level, please visit us at www.fiddlemanco.com and be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast from whatever channel you're tuning in from.